1: Hi there, welcome to the Pod Matchday Edition once again. Coming up, we know the eight teams that will make up the quarterfinal stage of the Champions League. Bayern Munich and now Chelsea make their way through to the final eight. The Blues seriously impressive and Mark Schwartzer was pitchside for us to see it all unfold and get involved in the warm-up. Listen out for that one. We'll also look ahead to the Europa League on Friday morning and a big weekend of Premier League and FA Cup. It is always great to have you with us on the Gagan Pod. I'm Richard Bayliss, and we're joined by Dave Wiener, our sports editor, along with two former Premier League players, stars of the game, Michael Bridges and Thomas Sorensen. Soon we'll hear from Mark Schwarzer, who was pitch side for Chelsea's win against Atletico Madrid. But, Bridgie, just how impressed were you with Chelsea? They're through to the quarters.
2: Absolutely blown away by the performance. They were magnificent. It was professional. And I've got to say, the first half performance. Was the best performance I have seen from a Chelsea team under Tuchel. Defensively, offensively,
1: tactically, brilliant. Would you agree with that, Thomas?
3: Yeah, I think we could see it all in uh, Tuchel's little smirky smile after the game when he was interviewed. I think he was pretty pleased that everything worked according to plan. He saw there was an opportunity to play with uh, you know the three quicker strikers up front instead of Giroud, who everyone expected to start, uh, and it worked. You know, the goal was. Uh, you know, it summed everything up. You know how they broke, and and all three players involved, and Zeek finish it. Uh, you know the, the the thing off, and yeah, I agree with Bridgie. Superb performance.
1: Yeah, Hakim Zeek on the score sheet in the first half. Emerson Palmieri, third choice left back in the second half. And uh, you know, we try to obviously be as unbiased as possible and objective, and not have favourite teams. You know what? Throw that out the window because Dave, you are an unashamed Chelsea fan, and you were bouncing around the studio today.
4: Yeah, it was it was a great morning. It was a great game as a neutral um, and it was a fantastic result for a Chelsea fan because it's been a long time between drinks at this level uh, for Chelsea fans, 2014 and Cesar's Zbilla is the only one who was around at that time and as the guys alluded to, it was a great performance and Thomas Tuchel surprised everyone. You cannot pick a Tuchel lineup. you cannot pick it and I think today Diego Simeone couldn't either because he got the better of him and um, from a neutral point of view from a purist point of view to see that be the reason that it prevailed. I find
1: that fascinating, and as a Chelsea fan, I'll celebrate it too. So, Mark Schwarzer was pitch side for us inside Stamford Bridge. Uh, Schwarzer joins us on the Gagan Pod. Mark, now I know you've you've sat there struggling, watching all these supposed home legs for the English teams away at neutral venues. You look like you enjoyed yourself tonight.
5: Yeah, it was nice to be back uh, pitch side, get to a Champions League game. Listen, Champions League games are brilliant. It's nice to be at the game. Uh, obviously, there's not the atmosphere of a crowd being there, but. It's still Champions League, knockout stages, and there is that history between Chelsea and Atleti that make it that little bit extra special.
1: Thomas, there was a moment, it was classic before the game. he's kind of on the sideline watching the players warm up. Ball comes his way, makes the save, bit of distribution as well, just rolls it out and a bit of a cheeky smile to himself as a, a goalkeeper yourself. And I'll ask you this question too, Dave, obviously, but uh, as a keeper, can you sort of sympathise with Schwartz there wanting to get involved on the touchline?
3: You know Peter check uh I think put his name forward so why why not Swartz here I thought uh, there's a lot of technique in there you know he's, he's evolved his game you know just bouncing the ball off and, and distribution as well it's not what we were used to when we were playing you know nowadays it's got to be you know it's got to be rolled out quick and he did that. No so, goalkeepers uh, used pressure. to
4: catch the ball
1: in your day
3: they don't catch the ball anymore.
4: <laughs> yeah, Mark <laughs> paid tribute to the parrying goalkeeper I appreciated that the goalkeeper who parries it or maybe lets it slip out of his hands a little bit too often.
1: Well it's a good time to be a goalkeeper if you are a fan of Chelsea and if you're watching them at Stamford Bridge as well Mark because Mendy's still yet to concede under Tuchel at home. It's remarkable, isn't it? The defensive record, the records around not losing in 13 games. It seems like there's something really special building there.
5: Yeah, it does. I mean, it's, I think a lot of it's down, all of it pretty much is down to Tuchel and the way that he's managed his squad, managed the players, um, brought in the experienced players, Rudiger, Alonso, Ashley Quetta, guys who were kind of on the fringes um, looking like they they may have been you know and may have played their last games for Chelsea, and whether or not they still may have, you don't know. But what Tuchel's done really really well, he's brought that ex- those ex- old heads, those experienced players back in the fold, and he's used the rota- rotation of the squad very very well, and he's created a really good atmosphere amongst those players. And Mendy, listen, I mean Mendy's the biggest question mark over Mendy always was whether or not he'd be able to handle a big occasions never playing Champions League football before coming to Chelsea. How was he going to react? How was he going to perform? So far, he's been excellent. Um, And he's taken it all in his stride. Tonight, made some really good saves again. And uh, he just looks like someone who's very, very calm and is handling the pressure very, very well.
1: Bridgie, what do you think is behind the celebrations at full time? Because, I mean, they're through the quarters. Like Dave said, it's been a long time, seven years, in fact. But they just seemed really happy, like all over each other celebrating. We saw Thiago Silva in the stands. He's injured. Well, I'm not sure how injured he is because he was running up and down the steps. But they looked to really, really enjoy this this morning, more so than you'd maybe expect.
2: It was a very together performance. And there was two moments I recognised in the game. The second goal that Chelsea scored Mendy ran the whole end of the field to celebrate with his team, a goalkeeper, crazy. You've got players in the stands, Tiago Silva dancing and celebrating with the players. It was just absolutely incredible. He was shouting from the sideline, from the stands, giving directions. And Tuchel, in his interview, alluded to that. He he took everything in. He knows what his team's about. He's galvanized them. It was very, very similar scenes to the Leeds United team that I played in. I was injured against Besiktas, I didn't see, but I was still part of that team. They made sure that I was watching the games, still making me feel part of that team, even though you're not playing. That's a special thing. And that comes from Tuchel and his team
4: around him. That's really interesting, Bridgie, because I've heard um, Tuchel talk about Emerson. I've heard him talk about the players he leaves out. How tangible is that impact, particularly if they're big personalities, on players who are not in the 11, even the squad, in terms of the actual performance that goes out on the pitch? Is that almost as important as the tactics that he beat Simeone with today? For, for me, tactics come are invaluable,
2: no doubt about it. But when we didn't have at Leeds United the tactical nous to beat the bigger teams under O'Leary, I think they, you know, we'll, there was a lot of inexperience there. What we did have, we had a galvanised team and we had a manager that always talked about his babes or his boys. Every player, every human being needs to be loved and needs to be natured. You can't just be cast in the wilderness, otherwise you hate that person that does that to you. And I think Tuchel has done an amazing job.
1: So they move on, obviously, to the final eight. Won't be the case for Atletico Madrid. Disappointing, Thomas, over the two legs. We thought Luis Suarez, the man, he scored 18 goals for them this season. They lead in La Liga, by the way. They're a good team.
3: But he was really disappointing, wasn't he? He looks old. Um, You know, I think today... um they tried to go up with a high press early and, and you got to give them credit for that. They tried to, to rattle Chelsea, but they, they were just too good. They played around it. Uh, you know, uh, really confident at the back, Mendy. Uh, you know, great distribution. Uh, and then it sort of just fizzled out a little bit and a few chances. And when we saw... Soares having to chase, you know, Rüdiger had him in, in, in his pocket. And, and I think he summed it all up when he got substituted. You know, he was so keen, but really, it was the right thing to do for, for Simeone. There was you no
2: love lost when he got substituted between you know, him and Simeone. Not even a high five, not even eye contact. And he, he was smirking behind the manager's back as he walked off. Yeah, but well, it's fully
3: deserved, though.
1: <laughs> there were a few of those scenes, weren't they? Stefan Savage sent off and he kind of very slowly trudged down the the tunnel. And it's more dramatic, too, because it's not a traditional tunnel. It looks like it's going off to the, the groundsman's shed out the back. And we saw Suarez not happy. Schwarzi before the game said, João Felix reportedly not getting on with Diego Simeone. Whatever, they're not in the competition anymore. Chelsea are, though, Mark. And I just wonder, before we are to move on to Bayern Munich and, and bid you adieu for this podcast, why can't Chelsea Chelsea be considered amongst the favourites? Because, yeah, they might not be as attacking, but if they're not going to let anybody score, they get a favourable draw, they might win games in extra time or 1-0. That's still a path to winning the competition, surely.
5: It is, but it's. Um, I think it's just less likely. I think, you know, you've got to be able to have that cutting edge. And, and that's the one thing at the moment that Chelsea you can criticise and say, well, you know, look at one 0 They had numerous chances. Hudson Doi you could see Thomas Tuchel going absolutely crazy on the sideline each time. Hudson Iduy on the left hand side cuts in onto his right, wants it on his right, and he can't. He can't get the shot away. Obviously, Emerson comes on first touch, left foot bang, bottom left hand corner. So that's what they're lacking. They're lacking their forward plays, their attacking plays. Having that kind of Vanner not fighting the back, and Kai Havertz still. Yes, he worked very hard. He, he created things. He, he made things happen. He's still not doing. The, there's something special that 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 X factor that, that he was born for, why they paid nearly 90 million pounds for. And until those players start in their strides, I don't think Chelsea can be considered as a genuine favourite for this or a genuine contender for, for the Champions League.
1: Well, Mark, uh, I know you're looking forward to hopefully getting to more games in the quarterfinals. Of course, three English teams and also Schwartzy pretty excited. There are a couple of Germans in there as well. Uh, Mark, enjoy the trip home. We'll catch up with you soon.
5: Thanks, guys.
1: Now, I know, Bridgie, by the way, that you've been itching this whole podcast to talk about N'Golo Kante because we put player cam on him for a bit. We saw what he did with and went out the ball. I actually thought as a lead supporter at the weekend, he was the one I was most fearful of on the ball. You just see his class in space, and he's carried that into this game today. He was phenomenal. He was absolutely incredible,
2: and Swarty is driving home as we've just been speaking to him. He's just seen ngola Conte running down the side <laughs> of the motorway there. He's, he's jogging home after the game. He was everywhere. Without the ball, he man-marked Felix out of the game. João Felix, I'll tell you what, he will get home tonight after the game. He will get home. He'll have to check under his pillow and in his bed to see if Conte has followed him there because he was marvellous. He'll have nightmares about that player. And when Chelsea got the ball... He was absolutely brilliant. His passing distribution, everything. And he, he ran the whole length of the field for the final goal just to make a decoy run.
1: Well, I mean, look, it's impressive if Kante still got the energy to be under his pillow for João Felix, but that's a matter for the police, surely. I mean, that's not appropriate.
2: I'll well, tell you what, he, the job he did in him today, Felix will be
4: going to the police saying, I've got, I've got the stalker. <laughs> Just one last one on Gola Kante, our digital journalist, Jake Rosengarten, who wrote the match report for this game for us. He was running into the room as quickly as Kante. He was very excited to tell me that Kante won the ball for that last goal and was down the other end within 11 seconds, sprinting down at the death of the game. But even more interestingly, when he went to go look at the running stats, he learned that Kai Havet ran more than Kante today. So to talk about What we were saying in the attacking third, that might not be there. Jeez, he's getting buy-in from the players who might not be working with the ball, but he's getting that buy-in off the ball.
1: I love the idea that you've got this deep, dark lab in the lower reaches of the basement at Optus Sport. You've got Jake Rosengarten sitting there analysing the data and Bridgie sticking his head in and saying, oh, show me these running stats because you love them as well. Look, fair enough for Chelsea fans. You should enjoy, by the way, this victory because you're very good. It's been a while since you've been there elsewhere, though, and so much attention will turn to the draw, Tommy, when we talk about what teams can and can't win it. Well, if you go and draw Bayern Munich in the next round, it might just slightly change the complexion for Chelsea. Bayern Munich were never going to have any dramas really they were 4-1 up on aggregate over Lazio they won at 2-1 but similar I guess to Manchester City it just looked like it was almost a training drill for them they never really got out of third gear
3: yeah it was played uh yeah in in, in second gear it was just you know slow passes uh you know comfortable uh, you know Lazio I think we're, we're happy you know just to get a decent result you know their focus uh, with Immobile on the bench uh, was definitely fully on the weekend and and their Sort of charge towards uh, a potential European spot. Uh, it was all done in in the first leg. Uh, you know they punished some some mistakes and and that's where Bayern are so good uh, with the players they have up front. Lewandowski obviously is the is the main man, but you know Sane, Goretzka, you know they are all uh, you know really powerful and and you know they understand the, the way they play. And you know we saw uh, Muller in today, so they they've got options on the bench as well.
1: 39 goals in 35, as you said, Dave, on the post-game show for Robert Lewandowski. He scores the first from the spot. And Jurgen Klopp just today, Bridgie, said that he's the best player I've ever managed. I
2: He's the best player I've ever witnessed in the number nine. Um, apart from Alan Shearer. I'll give give Alan credit for that. <laughs> At this present moment in time, just the all-round player. I love talking about him. love watching him. And just the amount of chances um, by and create for this man. He, he He just loves playing for that team.
4: I do wonder, though, the one Achilles heel, if we're going to pick bones at them, at seven games without a clean sheet, you've just upset Bayless. He's still
2: recovering from an Achilles tendon rupture, Dave Wiener. Please have some moral values. It's
1: amazing how often that phrase comes out and I shudder every time. But continue, Dave. We really cut you off (laughs) there.
4: Seven games without a clean sheet. I do wonder whether it's concentration levels, whether it's their style of play. Uh, We've spoken about it a lot. I feel like it's a bit of a broken record. But I'm not even going to say, is that what splits City and Bayern? if you had to draw one of those two teams tomorrow night, Australian time, and the draw will be on off the sport, um, who would you fancy yourself
3: more going at? You know, if I I was, let's take Chelsea. Um, You know, I would, I would take Bayern over Man City. Um, You know, just for that, only reason, and that they have been lack, you know, lacking a bit of concentration and and stability at the back. You know, we saw it again today. Lazio getting a cheap goal with a, a just a simple run round the back, and and he wasn't picked up, and 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 they get back in the game. So, you know, all all the way through the season, that's that's probably been the only minus you you can you can put with them. And um, you know, against a team if they draw Ch- Chelsea, who is so solid, uh, who just needs you know. One goal potentially to you know to to tie up uh, or win the tie it it, it could be uh, it could be could be tight but they've got so much going forward and and that's obviously the, the huge strength
1: yeah Parolo got the consolation in the end after of course Eric chupa moting representing Stoke City which you'll love to see Thomas with uh the second that must fill you with a bit of pride <laughs>
3: yeah absolute Stoke legend I, I, I'm not sure but uh, <laughs> but yeah no well played. That's why he's there. You know, he, that's why he was at PSG. That's why he's at Bayern Munich. He'd coming on and and uh, pro- providing providing that power and and you know getting a goal. So good on him. What a trajectory!
1: Yeah, yeah. Played in the final PSG last year. Could play again in a winning team for Bayern Munich. Who knows? looking forward to the qualified teams and the sides that will make their way in the final eight three from England so you know once again the prowess and power of the Premier League shows Chelsea Liverpool and Manchester City two from Germany Bayern Munich of course and Borussia Dortmund one each from Spain Portugal and France there is Real Madrid Porto and Paris Saint-Germain just looking at the draw and obviously it will dictate Bridgie a lot of whether you know let's say Manchester City get Bayern Munich in the next round we'll all go oh damn that that could have been the final but if you are one of those sides would you rather face the strongest opposition next or would you rather face them in the final you want to get as far as you can then take on the toughest challenge I would like to go as far as possible in this competition
2: I would like to play the better teams in the final without a shadow of a doubt
1: because if you're Man City as an example and you're looking at Bayern Munich as, say, the biggest hurdle, are you a better chance over two legs or a one-leg final, I guess, is another way of looking at it, Thomas.
3: Yeah, um, I, I think in a, in a one-legged, uh, I would give it to to probably Bayern Munich with the experience they have of, of playing at those occasions, the pressure that will be on Man City to, to win the, the first Champions League trophy, um, but I think over two legs... Um, you know, I think Man City, right at this moment, probably got a better chance.
1: Well, yesterday we asked the question of the panel as to how many trophies Manchester City will win. I believe you said four, Dave. Three. Three. Three, you three. did two. Okay, three. All right, so I'm just qualifying that because I'm going to go around the room. I want. Each of you to name your winners from here. We haven't seen the draw. As Dave mentions, it happens live and up to sport on Friday night, Australian time. But looking at who's left, who wins it from here? Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, PSG,
3: Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Porto and Real Madrid. I'll start with you, Thomas. I think Manchester City final, we go over the hurdle. They got everyone fit. Um, they're keeping clean sheets. They got the back line sorted, which was a massive problem uh, last season. So we are at Man City. You, you said four, didn't you? You said they would yeah, do so it. I you agree with Zinchenko? No, no, yeah, I yeah. agree with him, yeah. so I have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, <Yeah>. I'll be. That's <laughs> no, good to go.
2: I love it. I love the confidence. English team winning it, happy. Are you agreeing, Michael? No, the Englishman has gone with the German team. Can he believe Oh, excellent. Me? That
1: makes sense. Great I've got, segue. I've
2: got to stick with my
1: first choice that I had at the start of the season Bayern Munich. Yeah, hard to uh, disagree with either of those outlooks. Dave, you're going to throw your Chelsea boys in there or are you going to go with the crowd?
4: No, no uh, I think I've tipped Manchester City for the last three years. So I think now the time has come where I'm going to go the distance with them. Um, but I, there's a chance, I think Bayern might not make the final. What are you basing that on? I don't know. <laughs> Just got to keep this keep this interesting. <laughs> There's
3: <laughs> always you a
2: chance, Dave. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Do you know what'll make this interesting? The Chelsea man seeing the best performance from a Chelsea team doing a, a, an Atletico job on their own Atletico go, got out. Let it go, by Chelsea and Tuchel, and you're going. We won't get there. That That's is disgustingly disappointing for every Chelsea get, fan. you have to keep it
1: in your pants, so to speak. Well, he hasn't all day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's been running around the studio with it with it out And I'm on about his
4: mobile phone, by the way He's just been videoing everything like a school kid Don't get too carried away, Dave This is complete hyperbole This is complete exaggeration from Michael Bridges Well, some predictions best.
1: I'm going to say that Porto will win it What's that silence about? What are you looking at me funny for? <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I'd I, love to go something different, but it's very difficult to go either against either Manchester City or Bayern Munich. I'll say Man City just for first-time winners. It's always nice to see. Now we turn our attention to the Europa League. As you're listening to this, depending on when it is, the Europa League second legs in the round of 16 may have already happened. If not, we'll quickly run through some of the games to keep an eye out for. Both North London teams, they kick off in the early hours. Tottenham with a 2-0 advantage away to Dinamo Zagreb. Arsenal also So a two-goal advantage, 3-1. They beat Olympiacos away. They're back at the Emirates. Arguably, if not arguable, I'm not sure it is, the tie of the day comes from the San Siro because AC Milan won and Manchester United won, obviously evenly poised, and two great clubs with great histories. I think, Bridgie, it'd make a great final. Sadly, it won't be. Which team do you see getting through? It's going to be absolutely amazing. I hope Zlatan Ibrahimovic is
2: fit. I hope he can take part in this tie and make an impact but I just believe that Manchester United at this moment in time the confidence is running high a bigger squad
4: I'm going to say that they will get through I think it's set for them with the counter-attack away from home. And I was surprised to double-check that Milan have a very poor recent home record too. So uh, Pogba could be back as well. So an opportunity to break them down if, if if they need an extra
1: spark. There's always a story in football, Thomas. We know that. If Zlatan Ibrahimović somehow comes back, makes his return from injury in this one against his former club, I mean, the story, it's, it's there. It's tantalising. It's waiting for him, isn't it?
3: <laughs> hasn't he already... Uh put the headline out there or you know he seems to just uh the king is back yeah he is for sweden uh, apparently so uh, so why not here and uh, you know it's i think first of all it's great to see ac milan back uh in any sort of contention that they've been um, far from it um, you know inter as well top of the syria so 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 really good for football in italy i think and um you know, I think it'd be, it would be a tough one for, for United, but I agree with Dave that the, the counter-attack, the pace they have up front, um, it's going to be just enough to get through.
1: Speaking of big, grand old European clubs, uh, Rangers are 1-1 with Slavia Prague heading into the second leg. Roma a 3-0 up over Shakhtar Donetsk. And Ajax by a similar school line, had young boys going into the second leg. Elsewhere, Granada have a 2-0 advantage over Molde. And Villarreal 2-0 up over Dynamo Kiev. We've also got some Premier League games this weekend. Sadly, not many because the FA Cup is almost upon us. But let's just chat about some of the storylines. It starts on Saturday morning. Leeds are away in London. Let's just rule that one out if you're a Whites fan because they cannot win there. One in 27, Bridgie, I think it's going back to QPR in 2017. And I know it's Fulham and I know they're in the bottom three. But there is a curse there. If you ask any Leeds fan, it never goes their way. What do you see happening? <laughs> Been there, played in them games, didn't enjoy the trips to London
2: I think we only got a victory over Chelsea when I was playing And then the amazing game with Harry coulombard Viduka getting two blinders Charlton, 4-3? Arsenal Oh, the Charlton one as well yes, then yeah. So there's, there's not many I can rem- remember that were enjoyable And I think the current team are, are struggling with that as well But Fulham's record at home this season, not great
1: Better away from home, which I think a lot of teams are doing I'm going to say they're going to break the curse here. So, what is behind it then? So, you're saying it was there kind of when you were playing. How is it possible that when a team goes to one place, they just they can't get a result? Is there something in it? There's, there's got to be,
2: and I don't know what it is. I mean, we were playing Tottenham, Hotspur, Arsenal, Chelsea. They were, they were, they were tough, tough matches. Let, let me tell you. Um, Incidentally, the same teams in the Premier League now. You're correct, yes. But I mean, <laughs> Leeds have had a few more of their little London jaunts in the Championship. Mm. Uh, haven't been as tough as them teams. I don't know what it is. It's it's just been a stigma. But I'm going to say
1: this is the curse has gone. Leeds win. Well, if Fulham do win this, by the way, Thomas, they pull themselves out of the bottom three. Meaning before Newcastle travel to Brighton, 24 hours later, they could be in the bottom three. There's a whole heap on the line there for Fulham. I know their home records poor. This. Year only two wins, but geez, they might not have a better opportunity to drag a team into that bottom three.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Scotty Parker, after you know being under a lot of pressure early on this season, has done a tremendous job. I think he's shored up the defense. I think that they're, they're really solid, they're not giving away many chances. And and you know, they've just played Liverpool and Man City. Yes, Man City, they you know they made some mistakes in the second half and it cost them, but you know, a win against Liverpool, a great performance. You know, so I, I think they're going to be the team that's going to, you know, drag themselves out of it. And, and I think that the loser of, if there is a loser of the Brighton Newcastle game, they're going to go down.
1: Well, that does make for a fascinating game on Sunday morning, Dave. Brighton and Newcastle might not be one for the purists. We'd love to see some of these six pointers end up 3 3, 4 4. Everything points towards this one being settled by a goal. Can Newcastle nab one? I know Brighton are awful at home, but where is it coming for from for the Magpies? Yeah, I tell you what, this is you got a game between a team that
4: their fans are going, Will you ever play football? And it's not working when you're not and you've got a team between and, and you got another team that's trying to play football but can't finish it off. So what happens here? Is it is they take goals off each other? I don't know. I think but I think I think Newcastle in this game can get what they need out of it and suck Brighton back into it. Do you? Yeah, Yeah, just because Brighton seemed to just be that little bit naive and, 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 and not getting them out of this fight. They've got the quality to get out of this fight, but they always keep getting sucked into it. It's an amazing
2: analysis what you've just done there. I like that. The way you just put it on, a, a team that doesn't play football and a team that does and they're both battling.
4: It's, yeah, yeah. So what, what well ends not. up what ends up strangling you more when you're under pressure?
1: Well, if you go back earlier in the season, I think, I might be wrong and Brighton fans can correct me, but arguably Brighton's best performance of the season came at St James's Park. They won 3-0. They were amazing. Tariq Lamptey, who won't be there this weekend, he was phenomenal on that occasion. So too Ben White in uh, the defence. But they're just not that team anymore. If you look at expected points, Bridgie, which doesn't mean that much. It's basically XG against expected goals against. They should be in the top eight, Brighton, but they just, they're nowhere near what they could be. It's exactly what Dave was saying. They just can't finish off this quality of football in
2: the final third and by putting the ball in the famous onion bag, as they call it. Um, interesting game. I've got to go against you, Dave. I think Brighton will get the result again against Newcastle. I think they,
1: they're in disarray they're in absolute disarray on and off the field at this moment. It's interesting, by the way, you're talking about one of your former club's leads with some positivity and another one, Newcastle, with that negativity. It's not just you, Bridgie. That's kind of the feeling around those clubs, isn't it? Which yeah. is super interesting. I read the
2: forums. My friends are, are fans of the football club and everybody's lost interest. They're just so disgusted at the the leadership and management from the top end. And that comes under Ashley and his staff. And Steve Bruce and
1: them, you know, I don't think there's any accountability. So they don't have the character to no. belt? No. On Monday morning, a London derby should have plenty of character. It's West Ham at home to Arsenal. West Ham were good in the reverse fixture earlier this season. They went down. Eddie and Kedia scoring the winner close to the end in this one to get the points for the Gunners. At home, they've had a tough run, a couple of losses to the Manchester teams. If they win this, though, the Hammers-Thomas, they move level with Chelsea on fourth. Jeez, that's a massive incentive
3: yeah who wouldn't go fourth and, and beaten <laughs> a, a, a rival uh, at the same time so you know again it it's huge for west ham i think they deserve to be you know where they are uh, i think they've they've done a do, good job i was you know criticizing Moyes early in the season and and he's really you know got got them galvanized i love the energy they they play with uh, and they got some exciting players in that team and uh, you know uh, i've got a you know funnels is back for this one uh, you know so uh, Lingard, Lingard as well. Yeah, Lingard was out obviously against Man United. So I think they um, they they'll go and win this one.
1: Talking about players coming back, Aston Villa should and hopefully for their sake do have Jack Grealish back at home to Tottenham. Speaking about poor records, Tottenham's record at Villa Park is awesome. Gareth Bale got his first ever hat-trick at the ground some nine years ago. But that's not quite the confidence you would expect of Spurs given what happened in the North London derby, Bridgie. What, what sort of Spurs turns up in what, Birmingham? What derby was that, Rich? Um, <laughs> the rumour is that
2: Gareth Bale is going to get his second hat-trick at Villa Park. Oh, and okay. that Harry Kane might also get in the score sheet from the penalty spot because he's my captain um, in the fantasy league, and I'm probably talking absolute fantasy there as well. It's going to be an interesting tie. Grealish is in, with son sons out. It's you know it's it, Grealish makes this team tick. I think defensively Villa being absolutely magnificent going forward without Grealish, he, he he sucks players in, and what it does it creates space for other players who reap the benefits, and hopefully Tottenham can be as defensively quality, oh, can we say quality under Mourinho? Because he hasn't exactly, but
4: just get back to parking the bus and then counter there you go, they're going to win. I'm looking forward to the team sheet of this game as much as anything I, I just, I feel like it's such a moment in the tenure of Mourinho after what happened in that derby, what he does with Bale and what he does with the front four, um, and I I
1: really don't know which way he's going to swing. So that's at a really good time on Monday morning, breakfast time. So Dave, you'll wake up an hour before kickoff. Yep. Look at the teams. And depending on what Tottenham is named, you might potentially go back to bed. No, I'm just looking at the teams. And then, then, then that's, that that's the entertainment. That's the theater. <laughs> down, uh, down the bunker with uh, Jake Rosengarten. Yeah. Looking at the stats. Now, also this weekend, FA Cup action. Uh, I'm going to ask you all for a prediction on who wins the FA Cup from here. Eight teams left. First of all, Bournemouth take on Southampton. That's a South Coast derby of sorts. Then Everton host Manchester City on Sunday night. It's Chelsea at home to Sheffield United with no manager all of a sudden, and Leicester City at home to Manchester United. A couple of fascinating ones there, and some opportunity, by the way, for sides like Bournemouth, who are obviously a league down, Southampton, who are struggling, Sheffield United, who are struggling. What do you think, gents? Who wins? I'll start with you, Dave. So I've got to find a trophy that Manchester City are not going to win, um,
4: and I will, Bridgie play the role that you want to be earlier and think that this is a great opportunity for Thomas Tuchel to open his trophy cabinet account at Chelsea. Wow. There
1: you go. Bold call. Bridgie, what do you think?
4: I would love to say Sheffield United
2: just to wind Dave up, but sadly, I can't see it. Um, looking at that, I've got to go with City. I've said they'll get three. Um, I don't think they'll win the Champions League, so Manchester City. I, I think one of the Manchester teams.
3: There you go. I tip four trophies for guys. <laughs> <laughs> so do I have a choice? No, you really, really snook yourself. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I will tell you what, what a game down the south coast, Bournemouth, yeah. Southampton. It's such a shame the fans
1: can't get into this one because um, it would, you know it would have been great for this kind of game. And a bit of added pressure too for Bournemouth because they've fallen away a little bit in the Championship. It's Barnsley that are absolutely killing it. They were, I assume, they won this morning. They were two 0 up over Swansea, who themselves are going for top two. You know there are some stories that don't necessarily involve Bournemouth. So great opportunity for them. I'm going to say Leicester City to win it. I'd like that if it's not Chelsea. Well they wear a similar colour I suppose But it's more just something different We know the pressure on Brendan Rodgers The expectation They will finish top 4 you would imagine But a trophy would be nice
2: It it certainly would But um, Dave's got bigger things to worry about Than Chelsea winning the FA Cup He's got to get home quickly And deliver the car keys to his wife Because he took both sets of car keys this morning Oh you didn't Dave
4: No. Every every morning that has a high Has a low (laughs) That was today's low (laughs) You can tell where my focus was this morning
1: well, speaking of my focus, it was clearly not on the championship because Barnsley weren't even playing Swansea. They won 3-1 over Wickham. Uh, elsewhere, by the way, Norwich, they're effectively back in the Premier League, aren't they? 2 0 winners over struggling Nottingham Forest, but it's getting seriously tight and over the run-in. We'll keep you across that on our opt-sport socials to see who replaces the bottom three, which, you know, realistically made up of Sheffield, United... West Bromwich Albion and one other. Who will it be? Find out some key fixtures over the weekend in the Premier League It's been an absolute pleasure to have our legends on the panel, Bridgie and Tommy, have great weekends guys. Thank you Thank you very much. And Dave uh, just come out of the bunker and get some air every now and then, okay? I'll cop the and return Thanks, those mate. keys please. I oh, will do <laughs> What a nightmare. Thanks guys out there for listening to the Matchday edition of the Gagan Pod. We always appreciate it. Between now and the next one enjoy your football.